Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin and with Steve Prudian. And uh, today we are moving on in our Throne of God series. Um, we are on part five today. Mm-hmm. How many parts do we have? Only one more. Only, only one more. We've got six parts. So we'll see if we get all the way through and five And unfortunately, today. the practicum of it, in other words, <laughs> how to use the software of it, you have to go to class to be able to get a hands-on. We can't, right. do, it. We can't do it in a podcast because it's visual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's our plug for doing something video podcast. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Or maybe you didn't just hear that, and you can forget about it altogether. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So, the throne of God, part five. Where are we starting with today? The throne room itself, which I okay. call which I call the prayer room. All right. Yep, that's. Apropos, I mean, that's what we've been talking about, right? Mm -hmm. We've been talking about coming into the throne room for the purpose of prayer. Just makes sense. The Bible says to make your requests be known yes. unto God. Well, where's God? On in the throne, throne room. Yeah. And what is another synonym for the word request? Prayer. Prayer. You got it right. Yay! <laughs> I get a gold star. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you read the first first idea? All right. So I think you mean the second paragraph, right? Uh, actually, not, not even paragraph, the first idea, if, the, the if word. The if. if. I, that's what I thought you were looking at. All right. Right. All right. If you want to know God, acknowledge him as your father. You are his creation as a son or daughter. You are a child that needs the care of your father, God. Do you love your father to trust him? You have to trust him to learn from him. And the key point is? You've got to know him and love him. And? Trust him. Acknowledge him as your father. What, what provides trust? As a father... How do your children trust you? Um, I have to be consistent. You have to do what you say you're going to do. I have to do what I say and say what I do, right? And you have to be the father that they expect you to be. Right. Do you think God is any less of a father? Oh, he's way better than I am. I know that mm -hmm. very well. Yep. So... It starts with our father relationship. Mm -hmm. If we doubt our father, do we have a relationship? A difficult one at best. You're always wondering, mm -hmm. always guessing. When you go to a father with a request, what are you expecting? An answer. Or a resolve. Or for him to do something. Usually, yeah. 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 Yeah, you... I mean, you have a request. You want the request fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your father is going to tell you what? Sometimes he says no. But what else is he going to tell you if it's conditional? He'll tell you the conditions. 
Exactly. He'll say, you need to go do this mm-hmm. first. Right. Now, did not Jesus, in some cases, instruct people who came to him with a request that they had to go do something first? Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He did. But not always. <coughs> nope, not always. Not always. So the thing is, is that you can't second-guess God. Mm-mm. You can't second-guess the Father. Right. However... There's something that's interesting about the authority of the Father. And what's that? The importance to him that you be an obedient child. Right. And what is obedience? Doing what he says. Is it easy? Nope. Not always. Why would we want to listen to the Father? Well, it is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. You've asked. He gave you an answer. Why do we want to listen to his answer? Well, we want to listen to his answer and do what he says so that we can continue to go and ask him. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. Remember the the expression, Father knows best? Uh Father knows what we don't know. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the question. Right. So that requires trust on our part, doesn't it? It does. That we believe that the Father knows exactly what it is we need mm-hmm. and what it is that we need to do in order for him to do what he will do. Right. Is that called let's make a deal? That we have to do what the Father tells us to do in order for the Father to do what he will do? Um... To some people. To some people. To some people, that's let's make a deal. To other people, that is um, more tran- more relational than transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe an analogy to use in that, but I'm coming up blank. Well, um, all I know is, is that when I have lack, mm-hmm. my father doesn't. Right. And out of the abundance of his storehouse, he can take care of the need that I myself cannot take care of. Right. So the reality is, is I don't even have the wherewithal other than the ability to make the request. Right. And let your request be made known unto God. And then... Leave it with him. Leave it with him. Because the reality is, is he knows... Timing. Yep. He knows need. Mm-hmm. He also knows what is the best path to take, not just for you, but also for the people that you affect, that what he does for you may affect them. Right. Yeah, and he knows things in such a larger and longer view than we do, because there is an effect that we can have. For generations after we're gone. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so it really is important to, to trust God, especially, you know, James says, rejoice in your trials. Well, you kind of have to, because that might, your trial, what you're going through right now might be exactly what somebody 5, 10, 15, 50, 100 years from now needs 
and you just don't know it because we don't have we don't have that high view of what's going on. We we're don't just, have that long view. We're just in this moment. Right. Okay. But that's not always true either because we're born for eternity. We are. But we're conscious only of this moment and mainly just barely conscious. <laughs> we only know what we can see in front of us. Right. Right. So the reality is, is, is that we learn to trust God. Yes. Through the things that we live through. Yes. And then we call him truly Father. Father. Exactly. Okay. Why don't you read the second point? All right. Do you follow and put your trust in his beloved son, Jesus? He must be savior and friend, priest and advocate before the throne. Will you listen and follow his instructions? Will you learn from him not only how to pray, but your cherished position before the throne? Think about that. I like that last part, that cherished position before the throne. So where are your prayers heard? First, we established that in the beginning. The prayer room. The prayer room. Which is the throne. Yes. Okay. The reason your prayers are heard in the prayer room is because of who? He is. Who he Jesus is. is. Who Jesus is. And he is who? What are, what are, what are some of the positions that he holds? Uh, Messiah, Savior, okay. Christ, Sacrifice. Priest. Priest. Advocate. Yep. And friend. And friend. Because some people think of the Godhead as not being a friend. They think of Godhead as being just the gods. They do. And I'm going to go ahead and blame two things for that, just in a very broad stroke. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to discuss it much unless you want to. I'm going to blame mythologies. Because a lot of the gods and mythologies, Greek especially, they're not very nice. They are selfish and self-serving and just evil. We would classify them as evil if they were human <clears throat> beings. The other thing I'm going to blame that on is, you've probably heard me say this before, the imprecision of the English language. And we've talked about this a little bit when we've talked about how to properly fear God. And if you haven't studied any of the original language or at least have a concordance or a lexicon that has some deeper information, when you read, it says, fear God. Okay. I, I'm good at being afraid. I'm really good at being afraid. And what does that word fear really mean? It really means revere. Exactly. And so the fact that the translator used fear is legitimate because that reverent fear and awe and wonder is one of the definitions of fear. It's in the dictionary. Um, but we typically go to the one we know best when we're reading and so we go to be afraid of God. And that's not where we want to be. That's not where he wants us to be. And when he comes to introduce himself to most men, what does he usually say right off the bat? 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Because man has been conditioned to be afraid right. of God. Yep. Yeah, we have. I was taught that the word fear of God, mm-hmm. when you say is to revere God, right? the description of that is, is actually to lift God up. Okay. Okay? By you lifting God up, you are putting him in a revered position. Mm-hmm. We don't run away from him. We focus upon him. Right. Right. That's exactly right. Do you think most people, when they pray, know how their prayers are even heard by God? Think most people even think about that. How are their prayers even heard by God? No, I don't. I don't even really think about it. I know he hears me. And that's. To me, that's enough. Just knowing that he hears me. I'd like to know that my prayers aren't just lost in space and time. No, I don't think they are. And we know that because of the fact of what God said about Daniel's prayer. Mm -hmm. I heard you when you first spoke. Yep. There is no space or time differentiated from what God's hearing. He hears you when you ask. Right. Well, and I think it's in Psalm 139 where he says, even before a word is formed on my lips, you know it. Mm-hmm. So, ever so hear God people, hears them. Ever hear people have this expression, well, maybe God heard my prayer. Maybe. God heard my prayer. Some people aren't sure if their prayer was even heard. Well, they need to fix that unsure. Maybe they just don't understand God's response. Maybe they just don't understand how prayer works. That's possible. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad God hears our prayer when we have an immediate need for his attention Mm -hmm. because there's not a second to waste. There isn't. There isn't. And uh, in the past two weeks, we've had two situations here, and I won't name names, Mm -hmm. um, but we've had two different situations here at church where... um, Mm -hmm. Bad. We've we've needed prayer. Mm -hmm. We've needed... Right God's now, miraculous right now. intervention. God, we need you right now. Mm-hmm. We need you right now. And and he showed up. He showed up. And he did what man couldn't do. Think about it. He did right. what man could not do. Right. He, he, mo- he, he moved into the impossible. He did. He did. In both cases, very powerfully, very visibly, um, as far as I'm concerned, I called both of them just straight up miracles not even mm-hmm. small ones um that's a big deal but yet and the and the fact that we've been able to as a church in the past two weeks participate in that through prayer is amazing it's Stand up it, and pay attention. 
Those are two situations that when put back to back like that, they're going to have a ripple effect with people within our church. And the importance on prayer in their lives is going to explode. So don't minimize no. prayer in what God can do. Right. Just because you didn't get the thing that you were asking for, the Bible tells you that sometimes you don't have the right attitude sometimes. in what you're asking for. Basically what the Bible says, don't be selfish. Right. Yeah, if what I'm asking for is not going to bring glory to God, I'm probably not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you yeah. recognize most people when they pray? They don't recognize the sanctity of the throne of God. Right. The sanctity of the throne of God is good for us because nothing can interfere with our request before God. Right. Um, neither heights nor depths nor the devil, powers or principalities the devil nor angels no nor demons. Place in it. Nope. Nope, okay. there is absolutely nothing that can keep us away. That's nothing. right. That's right. So, when you pray. Yes. Okay. First of all, by what authority do we pray? Uh, we pray on the authority of Christ. We pray on the authority of Christ. And why do we do that? Uh, well, because he has been given that authority and he told us to use it. Who redeemed us? He did. Since he's our redeemer. Right. Okay. He is the one who speaks for us. Sure. So, but a lot of people don't know that we can go to the Father through Jesus. Right. Now, do you think that the Father would hold it against somebody if, he, if a person didn't know that and they said a prayer as innocent as it was and maybe didn't include Jesus? Do you think that that person would be excluded because he didn't do it right? Never. Never. That's right. Because you know what? God is knows our hearts. Right. And he's waiting for the simplest prayer, and he will hear it. And if you don't know, okay, that there is a protocol to heaven. Mm-hmm. But you know what? God is gracious, and he will not require the protocol if, in fact, you've got an emergency mm-hmm. or you just don't know and you haven't learned it. Right. Yeah, he hears the prayer of the unrighteous and the righteous alike. Mm-hmm. And the prayers of an unrighteous person can still bring him glory and can still be part of his purpose and still be used by him. So he's, there's no reason to think he doesn't hear those. Sometimes a person who doesn't know God and praise to God, and God answers that person's prayer, is God making himself known to that person? Oh, absolutely. That he really is. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, now we need to talk about the other fellow involved in prayer. The other fellow? The other fellow involved. Who have we talked about so far? Well, we've talked about the Father. Yeah. We've talked about the Son. Now, who's the other fellow? The Holy Spirit would have to be the other fellow. Yeah, so what do we have to say about the Holy Spirit? 
the Holy Spirit was provided by Christ for us to live in us who believe on Jesus as Lord and Savior. And our prayer, as well as the return instruction, come through the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the Holy Spirit has been, one of the descriptions the Holy Spirit has been identified with? It's the mind of God. Mm-hmm. He knows God's will Yes. for your life because who is the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of God. Right. So, when you call for God to help you, how far away is he if you're a believer? He's not far he's away right, at he's all. Right he's right with you. Of you. Yeah. He's right with you. In fact, the Word of God says the Holy Spirit knows what you're going to say before you even said it. Right. So the question is, is why did you say it? Because the Holy Spirit was at work in you saying it. Uh-huh. So why is it so important that we verbalize prayers that the Holy Spirit already knows that needs to be said? Why? Jesus said it in John, the word ask. Mm-hmm. And? Ask and you'll receive. Ask you receive. But if you never ask. You can't receive. It's... I usually view that more as it's obedience. Mm-hmm. God wants us to ask. Going back to those two situations that we talked about where we saw the miracles happen, could God have performed the miracle without prayer? Yes. He could have. Yes. Absolutely he could have. So... Why did we have to pray for it? To confirm our faith. We had to pray for it so that we'd be looking for it. And mm-hmm. when the miracle happened, we would see it. And who gets and the credit? we would give the glory to God. We'll always as glory opposed to, God. to As opposed to, one of them could very easily just be put off and explained medically. And the other one could be just written off as a fluky thing. But. There was a real need. There There was was a a real need. There was a real circumstance. Yes, they were both very, very real situations. And and in reality, there was no quick fix. Nope. No, without that prayer and without that intervention, Mm -hmm. both of those were pretty bleak situations. So do you just blow it off? Or do you lift it up? We lift it up. We have to lift it up. You have to lift it up. But how many people would just blow it off? Too many. Most of the world would. Yeah. Because they don't know. They don't. But you know. I know. Right. I'm going to ask you a question. All right. If you say a prayer that's not in line with um, the Holy Spirit confirming it. Okay. What kind of a prayer is that? I would probably call that a selfish prayer. Self-serving, most likely. Um, 
Can the Holy Spirit deliver an incorrect prayer request? He knows the heart. I guess I haven't thought about it. It depends upon the heart. Okay? The way we may say it right. may sound inappropriate, but when the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. really sees what's on the heart, not necessarily what's on the confused mind, right? the Holy Spirit, because he speaks in God's language, he can take that request and actually shape it, mold it, and present it the way God accepts it. Right. So the reality is, is that you may not know how to pray, but the right. Bible says that even when you don't know how to pray, and right. even if you pray incorrectly, the Holy Spirit, knowing your heart and knowing the need and knowing God's mind, will lift that up to right. God, okay, for God to be able to make that decision. Why can't the Holy Spirit make that decision? Because it's the Father's role as part of the Trinity. Personage. Exactly. Right. The authority. Yeah, they're all... I don't pretend to be able to who fully can? understand... Who can? <laughs> I I don't pretend to understand the Trinity mm-hmm. fully. I don't understand... I don't, I don't pretend to understand how it all works. Um... But what I know is you have to have all three involved. For prayer, you, have, you just have to have all the parts involved. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're all all God. They're all equally God. Um, so I can't say I know why, because I don't understand it. But what I do know is that when you do it wrong, it doesn't seem to work. And when you do it right, sometimes it does. And some of it is just putting it in God's hands right? for God's time, mm-hmm. for the other things that he knows that he has to work out right? that you actually cannot work out on your own. Ever wonder this? Why is it the animals don't have a spirit that can speak to God. Well, they weren't created in his image. God can to speak to start with. God can speak to the animals and they'll right. obey mm-hmm. what God says. However, the animal himself isn't given the same mind that man is given. There's no, there's no soul in an animal. The reality is, is, is that were we a soul first? Oh, we are human being first. Did we have flesh and blood first, and then the, the soul became part of us, or was the soul before us, and we became flesh, and then God imparted the soul that he already prepared? I don't know. Because the Bible says before we were even made, before we were even known to this world, God already knew us. Right. And God already had a plan for us. Yep. Guess what? Part of that plan is that you talk to them. Yes, it is. And that's what we need to do. Yep. Now, I will I will point out, because we're talking about the Holy Spirit part of it, and we're talking about the Spirit kind of fixing our less-than-perfect prayers. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> which is all of them. Um, that applies to believers only. Because the Spirit lives within us. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, for the unrighteous person, the Spirit, I would say, is probably the only part of the Trinity that's not involved in the prayer. But it's still heard. How do you and become it, saved? By a prayer. How do you I think become the saved? Prayer is more of a response to the being saved, but but even the prayers of an unrighteous person still land on the ears of God. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus didn't die. I mean, it talks about it, and Paul writes about it in Romans chapter five, right? For while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While mm-hmm. we were still His enemy, He died for us. And he Does still... that mean He saved us at that point, even though we didn't ask? Does that mean he saves us automatically? Oh, let's not get into timeline stuff. <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's, let's not get into the timeline stuff because I have spent way too much time thinking about it, and I think I've boiled my brain a little okay. bit. It works a, my brain works a little bit differently, I think, because of how much time I've spent thinking about how God experiences time. Um, no, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so... What was our response? Do we have to do anything? We have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we're saved. Um, and that confession is called? A prayer. A prayer. Thank a you. A prayer. All right. <laughs> I'm, my, my point was you're not saved by the, quote, sinner's prayer, right? That, mm, those are just that, words. That's, not a, that's no. not a thing. They mean nothing if they don't mean anything. It, right. If it's not in your heart, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Um and you but can the, get saved without saying the sinner's prayer. You can. Yes. <laughs> many, many people do. Um, the the point being that God hears us and loves us as much as sinners as he does as saints. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He loves us the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And it's up to us to join his family and to join his kingdom. Now, there's a whole lot of people out there that are going to pray today that have no idea who Jesus is, have never heard the gospel, are only vaguely familiar with some deity, deity, and God's going to hear those prayers. I would even go so far as to say that God hears the prayers that are being prayed they're the wrong God. You know, if if somebody's praying to Zeus for something, I think God's hearing that too. Because that's the only framework that person has. Right. And, now, G- and God says that he will hold you accountable to that which you know. Yes. So... Yeah, I think God hears all the prayers. We just have a little bit of a leg up because the spirit that lives within us will remold our imperfect prayers. Somebody would ask me one time, why you? And I says, I was just snatched. I was just minding my own business and God decided to snatch me. Right. 
but why you? I says, you're going to have to ask him. Yeah, I says, I... I'm just glad he did. I says, because I wasn't looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around and walked away from him. He called me back. Do I know why? No. Just who I he don't. is? Just who he is? Yep. I've seen enough glimpses to know that I think I'm doing what he wants me to do, but there's a lie that's I'll never know why. There's a lie that's perpetrated in the world. That lie is is that if you cross God, he rejects you. Mm-hmm. But that's a lie. It is a lie. Because God is always sitting there with open arms waiting for you to say you didn't know what you were doing, that you're sorry, and you want him. Right. Okay? And God, being a merciful and gracious God, he's not changing. He'll wait for you until you're ready. Mm-hmm. But it's your choice. It is. It's just like your choice. Just like it's our choice to say a prayer. Just like our choice to worship him. Mm-hmm. Just like our choice to obey him. With comes with obedience comes a greater trust. Yes. But with disobedience, you'll never have any trust. No, not usually. So praying is a form of showing obedience to God as well as reference. Yes. I agree with that 100%. Too bad a lot of people, the last thing they do, when nothing else is working, they say, maybe it's time to say a prayer. The last thing. The last thing, yeah. And that's... I mean, that's... I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's part of the reason why... The prayers in these last two situations were so powerful. It was the first thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe the second thing, because going to the hospital is typically the first thing. But you even, know what? even on the way to the hospital, there's reaching out for prayer. You have no idea when, you, when they put you in an ambulance, what the person who is sitting next to you in the ambulance, you might not even be conscious Right. But you have no idea what that attendant may be doing. Right. Okay. And the fact is, is there's many a person who's an EMT because they have the gift of mercy mm-hmm. and they're praying over you through that whole ride. Yes. Yes. I know three in town that are like that. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if you ever have to get an ambulance ride from the hospital here in town, mm-hmm. you have a pretty good chance that one of the people that's riding with you believes that God can take care of you, and they'll be praying with you all the way. And my understanding is that one of those such rides, they're, one of those individuals was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are sometimes on that truck, all three of them, mm-hmm. okay, are in the, they're in that camp where they have the air of God. Yes. All right. So we've talked about God's part. We've talked about Christ's part. 
we've talked about the spirits part. We haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about our part. Well, that's the next section. That's the do you. I know. That's the do you. <laughs> I know. Do you value the honor it is to be known as a son or a daughter of God? That's a mouthful. Think about the ramifications of that. Blow it up. Right. There is a time in my youth that I got in trouble. And the it was it was silly kid stuff. We were throwing snowballs. Um, except for they weren't really snowballs. They were more ice chunks. Um, because that's what we had. And um, happened to just didn't hit anybody, thankfully. But through at an individual who happened to look and see where we were throwing from and kind of hiding behind trees and saw me and recognized me. And he didn't come to me. He didn't say, hey, Dustin, I see you. He turned around, went back inside, and told my dad. And so I got in quite a bit of trouble on that one. And rightly so. I mean, throwing ice chunks the size of softballs at people is just not smart. Um But there's a there's a big responsibility. There's great ramifications for being a son and a daughter of Christ, of God, with Christ. Um, first of all, the world is holding us to a different standard. I won't say a higher standard. I will say a different standard. Um, because they don't expect us to be perfect, they're watching and waiting for us to not be so that they have an excuse. Um, so interestingly enough, my belief in, in going against that and combating that is to be open and honest about failure. And so just how I am, right? I'm, I can tell you, I screwed up. I screwed up. I screwed up. Um, but the other part of that is, as a parent, I do everything I can to protect my kids. Even if it means one of them needs a spanking once in a while. If that is going to change a behavior that could potentially be dangerous, or is dangerous, that's a protection. And it's all born out of love, right? The discipline, the protection, all of it. And so when I think about 
who am I as a son of God? I'm protected by God. I'm disciplined by God. I am loved by God. And if uh, if I if I want to play a board game with God, figuratively, metaphorically, right? He's gonna he's gonna play the game with me. He's the he is the good good father, and. Because of everything that he's done for me, I want to do everything I can to make him look good. And you should. You should. Do you know that I've been in boot camp for 74 years? That's a really, really long time. Yep, God has had me in his boot camp, which means I'm really close to his foot. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and a few times he's used that foot. Uh-huh. And the, the fact is, 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 is that when um, things that happen to me that I know I've caused myself, right. I just ask for his help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he does things to give me a little bit of a push— because of the fact that I don't want to be pushed uh-huh. to set me in the right direction. Yep. But the reality is, 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 is that no matter what age we are, God has been involved with our lives even before our birth. And he's asking us to pay attention. And that's what boot camp is all about, Yep. is paying attention. Now... If you have to ask me, why do I have to pay attention? First of all, I need to pay attention because I need to learn respect. Yes. The second reason why I have to pay attention is so I can learn appreciation. Mm-hmm. And the third reason why I'm in this boot camp is, is so I can be exercised in trust. Yep. And subsequently... Being a child of God, I am promised that I will live with God for all eternity. Mm -hmm. That he's my God, and I am his child, and so are you, Dustin. Yep. And this little bit of time on this planet of dirt is only for our growing up. Yes. But we have a choice. As children... Do we want to please the Father, or do we want to displease the Father by being disobedient? And in some cases, we have been disobedient at times. Mm -hmm. But because the Father is all-loving, he's pretty much let us run our heads into the wall. And we come to a point in time and say, that didn't work. Right. And when we're all out of breath... We sit back and we say, you've been watching this whole time. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I've done that with my kids. I, I have. I've, I've sat and I have watched them try over and over and over again and just waited. And God says, are you ready yet? Uh-huh. 
I mean, it's sometimes I'll say, I, I think I think it's time for me to say, Uncle. No, he says, it's called God. Yeah. You call me God. Uh, then what? He says, well, clean yourself up. <laughs> clean yourself up. Stand up. Clean yourself up. Come back into the house, okay, and join the family. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know what you're supposed to do. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. So the thing is, is, is that sometimes we don't see ourselves as being in the family of God. We see ourselves basically in the playground, outside of mm-hmm. the family of God. But you know what? God is just waiting for us to pay attention. Yep. And when we pay attention, he'll clean us up. He'll clothe us in a garment of righteousness. And we can be glorified. He's glorified, but he'll glorify us before his throne. Yes. And he will show you to everyone, this is my child. Right. And he's finally getting it right. (laughs) (laughs) He's learning. Yes. Yes. Well, and... Do you think we'll learn in eternity? You think we're done learning here? Oh, no. 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 Now, we haven't even begun to learn. No. We're only learning well, how to say Abba. Uh-huh. That's the level we're at. We're right at Abba. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's all... It It's all, it's all going to be first words. We're going to find out. You know, sometimes God will give you enough leash to run far enough, long enough hard enough to find out that there comes to an end of that leash. Yes. And you know what? If it wasn't for that leash, you'd never find your way back. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as much as I used to fight against that leash, I'm glad that he didn't let go. Right. I am too, because there is absolutely zero room at the end of that leash between the end of it and certain destruction. Can I ask you a final question? You can. Are you going to the throne of God today? Yeah. Can I you, will be. Can you live without going to the throne of God? You can try. Not well. <laughs> you know, Not re- well. Re- it reminds me, and I've, uh, I said this to somebody else recently. I don't think it was you. Um, so I'll say it here. Living your life without Jesus, without God, without prayer, is like trying to dribble a football. It's not going to go where you want it to go. It's not going to go It might bounce, but you have no idea. And you will be quite a spectacle. (laughs) So there's a there's a visual for you. Trying trying to live your life without God is like trying to dribble a football. If you've never tried that or don't know what I'm talking about, um, well, just borrow a football from somebody and try and dribble it like a basketball. You'll get the you'll get it pretty quick. Do you know that we're only allowed one image in our mind? Only allowed one image in our mind. Okay. If you have any other image in your mind, and oftentimes we get a lot of things to look at Mm -hmm. and a lot of things to think about. But the central image of all images 
is God the Father mm-hmm. and God the Son. Yes. And all the other stuff, it don't matter. It doesn't. Because they're not God the Father and they're not God the Son. Right. But if you see God the Father and you see God the Son, mm-hmm. you'll see who you are in them. Right. If you look anyplace else, you won't find them. Right. But you got to look at them to find who you are in them. Welcome to the throne. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thank you again for coming in, Steve. And next week, we are going on to lesson number six, and we'll be wrapping up our series on the throne of God. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening and hope you check us out next week. Mm -hmm.